Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Wednesday, June 19. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira. And I am Japhet de Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for today, middle of the week. I want to thank you for all that's happened so far. I ask for your continued blessing in our lives, for your wisdom, uh, for the conversations that we have today as we reflect on this passage, uh, the hope that we draw from it, uh, the complexity that it calls us into as well. Um, we ask for your wisdom and understanding in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I am reading today from the New International Version, the NIV, Amos chapter 9, subheading, Israel to be destroyed. I saw the Lord standing by the altar, and he said, Strike the tops of the pillars so that the thresholds shake. Bring them down on the heads of all the people. Those who are left I will kill with the sword. Not one will get away. None will escape. Though they dig down to the depths below, from there my hand will take them. Though they climb up to the heavens above, from there I will bring them down. Though they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, there I will hunt them down and seize them. Though they hide from my eyes at the bottom of the sea, there I will command the serpent to bite them. Though they are driven into exile by their enemies, there I will command the sword, the sword to, to slay them. I will keep my eye on them for harm and not for good. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, he touches the earth and it melts, and all who live in it mourn. The whole land rises like the Nile, then sinks like the river of Egypt. He builds his lofty palace in the heavens and sets its foundation on the earth. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. Are not you Israelites the same to me as the Cushites, declares the Lord? Did I not bring Israel up from Egypt, the Philistines from Kaphtor, and the Arameans from Kir? Surely the eyes of the sovereign Lord are on the sinful kingdom. I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not totally destroy the descendants of Jacob, declares the Lord. For I will give the command, and I will shake the people of Israel among all the nations, as grain is shaken in a sieve, and not a pebble will reach the ground. All the sinners among my people will die by the sword. All those who say, Disaster will not overtake or meet us. Subheading Israel's Restoration And that day I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins. And I will build it as it used to be, so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord, who will do these things. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. New wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills, and I will bring my people Israel back from exile. They will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Okay, uh, here's our question for today. Um, have you struggled to read the book of Amos as a message of forgiveness and hope? Have you made progress towards this view through this series? And this question is directed to Becky. Ah, I'm sure it is. Um, yes, I have struggled. Did anybody not get that? I don't think I've been clear enough. Um, I think I think it's actually it is. I don't know if uh, I've even really struggled because no, no, I, I haven't so. even really been trying to be honest. 
I think that it's, <laughs> I think that, um, I think that it doesn't sound like a book of uh, forgiveness and hope. Um, at first, it's because if you just if you just read it like in these segments as we've done, we if you just read what the words actually say, <laughs> no, if you read it in the segments, I think that you don't get the essence of it. But if you hear it in one sitting, and uh, and if the metaphors and the pictures actually <laughs> were translated into our time, I think it would actually mean more to us. I think they have been translated into our time in the message. That's what the MSG does. Well, now, I have a question for you. I have a question for you that's related to this question. Okay. Does everything have to be a message of forgiveness and hope? Like, aren't we kind of digging ourselves into a bit of a ditch when we insist that no matter what the words actually say, no matter what something appears to be trying to communicate, that we have to somehow read into that? That's a really good There's question. There's hope here. Because I, I feel like there's a do you funny think pressure be, to do that. Do you think that, that the, the Bible has stories that are actually of depression? Yes. And loss? Of hope, yes. And that it leaves you in that space of depression and loss? Me, personally, yes. And and so, and what's the purpose of that? I, I think don't that the, know. I think that actually there are Psalms that do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't I think, think that, that everything has to be happy. I don't think that every that the only emotions that are acceptable are kind of the woohoo, you know. But everything's great. We don't live in a great world, so yeah, does everything? I have think to it's be... actually it's reflective of life. Hmm. I think there are some gruesomely difficult and hard stories that actually share that kind of stuff, and I think that that actually happens inside the Book of Amos. I mean, it's it's it's, it's horrible what they're doing. Well, I just am wondering if we weren't always doing the what do they call it? Is it apologetics? Where you're kind of trying to make a case for religion. Well, is that what that yeah, whole field is where you're. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a case for religion. You're as more much or less as it is kind of arguing in favor of a certain system of belief about. I think things. apologetics is, is for me is the art of being able to just say that I will speak uh, with a truthful voice what I think this text should be saying, rather than trying to just. What it should be upon. saying, yeah. or what it is saying. What it actually is saying. The difficulty is that we have such uh, such a heavy critical eye on it. We come with such preconceived ideas that well, we don't I mean, allow that's the, the text thing. to speak I for itself. Well, nothing can speak for itself. Everything is always contingent on uh, the reader. This, always. This, well, you know, whenever people are like, "Well, di- I just read plainly what it says," I'm like, well, what, do, "What do you mean by that? What are you even talking here's about?" Here's the difference. I have no idea what people mean by that because everybody reads with a lens. Everybody reads with what you know and what you come to the text. There's no such thing as just a plain, I read it as it is. And I think you there's read a difference. it critically or with some kind of a I think there's a difference slant. between the power of the Spirit what? taking you to the truth and, and us just reading text for literature. I'm sure that's true. But how do you know whether you're reading it? How do you know that when you're reading it for literature, that isn't the power of the Spirit that's doing that to you? Well, I think it's that, taking you I to think that it's the place. purpose how of what, you the, what the Scripture know? actually does. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you know and so, and what so it if, does if the Bible, or what if, it's supposed to do? If the message of God is love, is not taking to a place where actually we are we're humans who actually love God and love the world better, then we have to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of this message? Well, it could be that there's a different purpose. Well, then maybe, we would have maybe to ask, to, what is the purpose? And then we, we would to have to wonder, what is the answer so to that question? I think what we're talking about is like the purpose of the entire Bible, right? I mean, does the, does the Bible exist to show us anything more than just to have a really good life here on planet Earth? Or is the Bible there to actually show us who the character of God is? Well, I'm saying, I, I guess what I'm saying, what you've just said kind of highlights this for me, that I think many yeah. people, probably me included, 
go to the Bible with an idea of this is what the Bible is about, right? Yeah, yeah. Big picture. And then everything in the Bible has to conform to this is what the Bible is about. So I've already decided what the Bible is about before I've ever looked at it, rather than looking at it the other way, which is that you go and start reading it and you figure out what it's about that way. Do you think if you that, already have a conclusion, then there's nothing you could possibly discover. Do you think that actually that everybody uh, knows who God is before they actually have discovered God? I think God? everybody thinks they do. Well, yes. I think that's true. Totally. I think that's true. So I don't think that anybody can actually approach it without knowing, right? So therefore, I think that's actually on the table. Everybody has that. And everybody has a pair of glasses that they're looking at it. I think that's fair. And so I think we we should all we all have perspectives. I think what we should do is be honest about what those preconceived ideas are when we approach scripture. Mm. So what apologetics does is it just says we actually admit this is what we actually have, and we actually I'm have okay to. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people admitting it. that they have a bias up front and at least recognizing yeah. what that is. Because I think if you do that, you and can, I think we have to articulate it in a, in a healthy in a healthier way that isn't. Uh, yeah, that is no, impressive. but the insistence that bias doesn't exist, or that some person is just merely logical, or whatever they call it, whereas other people are not—that drives me nuts. I, I don't know if anybody actually doesn't have any bias, and I don't know who says that they don't have any bias. Oh, but I do pe- believe I do who believe say that they read plainly. These are usually yeah. people who are arguing I do in believe, favor of some kind of oppression of other people I because believe, they read the Bible yeah. and it plainly says, you know, whatever they think it plainly says. Yeah, usually in, in one translation. I do believe, though, that the Spirit of God uh, actually does help us understand the Bible. And, and I think that actually we do need the Spirit of God to be able to do that. And I think that's actually pretty critical. Um, but we should just repeat the question one more time yeah, and uh, yeah. look at that for today. So... Have you ever struggled to read the book of Amos as a message of forgiveness and hope? And have you made progress toward this view through the series? Um, oh, have you? And have you made progress towards this view through the series? Think about that. Look after each other. Live love. And we will connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you. And we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other, and live love.